Hello and welcome to another episode of Hour of Healing, where each week we talk about life-changing and thought-provoking topics that are engineered to bring you healing in your life no matter what you are going through or what stage of life you are in. Friends, we are grateful to God for another opportunity. Last week, we had with us Reverend Ebenezer Aduku, who is a friend of this show and a minister in Fremont United Methodist Church, which is in Long Island, New York. Yes, he lives in the Big Apple. We are so thankful that he made the time to join us again for the continuation of our conversation. And friends, I just want to remind you that some of the things that he had talked about last week was based on the topic handling criticisms. Handling criticisms. So, dear listener, you know, last week as uh, Reverend Aduku was uh, discussing the topic with us, uh, he had defined for us criticisms as being one's opinions and judgments about the merits or the faults of things that we perceive. He, through the uh, grace of God, did share with us many powerful things. And one of the things that I really did take uh, from his conversation with us um, was tying in our ability to handle criticism with where we draw our strength. He also did mention with us how we are able to approach people that we encounter, whether in our workplaces and um, every aspect or facet of our lives when we are dealing with criticism. Yes, he also did give some very powerful nuggets to the person who is criticizing the other person. And he said, if you are going to give a criticism, make sure you find something good about the person you are criticizing so that you can open their ears. Because as Reverend Aduku um, shared with us, if you just come at someone with just negative thoughts, you are putting them in a position to have their ears and their emotions and their heart close to everything that you're saying, that if care is not taken, they will also respond with negativity. I believe part one was very powerful. And so I will certainly employ you to be able to go and listen to them. But today we are focusing on the second part of handling criticism. I believe we had ended at a part where I had said that there are so many things that come our way because of negative criticisms. Negative feedback or negative criticisms, my dear listener, has impacted so many people that people have lost their self-esteem just because of what other people have said about their work ethic, about their religious life, about their emotional life, about their finances. And so today we are beginning our conversation from this part. Let's bring in Reverend Ebenezer Aduku once again as we welcome him and dive into the part two of our conversation. Reverend, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me again. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you so much uh, for um, spending this time with us. We know you are very busy um, uh, from everything that you do with your church. Um, it, it's just um, so great to be able to talk with you as we have had conversations offline and the, the grace of God upon your life and the heart that you have for humanity. I, I couldn't help, but um, just as we were talking last week, 
just kept thinking about the conversations we've had offline and uh, one could see your heart for people to come to the knowledge of Christ and to know God. And uh, I believe it will be a, a great blessing for us to be able to pick up our conversation with him today. So, Reverend, let's pick up from where we, we, we ended last week. Because uh, in my personal opinion, when I have uh, spoken to many people, um, it's, uh, one cannot help but to realize that negative criticisms have had such a huge impact on a lot of people's self-esteem and the way they approach life. So uh, our question for you today is, how do we balance accepting people's opinion and people's judgment about us and maintaining our self-esteem? Um, in other words, how do we turn criticisms to an opportunity for growth? How do we handle that? Well, it's a difficult question, a great question, and, but a difficult question. I'll do my best. <laughs> All right. Now, to the one that um, is not a believer, I'm trying to see how best they understand and they see criticism or negative bashing. Mm. Because they have different temperaments, so you can't give them one rule. All right. Some, uh, some you can't. If you meet, you bring fire, they bring fire too. They don't care whether they are subordinates. No, they bring fire too. They will resist it. Some too, they are always ready to be submissive and to understand that they have nowhere to go and work, so they will humble, take every criticism and go with it. Sometimes it becomes stress issue for some people, right? Um, but Whatever it is, if you are unbeliever, then you have to understand that the world is made up of authority and subordinates. Mm. All right. And you always have to understand that if somebody is in a, a place of authority, he can act for you to be uh, demise or maybe demoted or something. So you have to understand that that's the way the world works. Uh -huh. Place of authority and place of subordination. So as long as you think you want to be under that particular authority, then you also have to learn, if you, if you can't, to be submissive to authority. You know, every workplace or every place has rules to guide. Correct. And therefore, you have to know that the boss is always right mm. and you are wrong. And as long as there will be rules, you are on the end that will be receiving. And you have to be prepared to adjust your mind, your heart, to receive whatever comes. If you want to feel that you want to, um, you can't take it anymore, then the best thing is to find a way to relocate or change jobs or change places. But leave 
with a good name. Don't fight, leave, fight before you leave. No. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Because you never know what can happen. A time will come that it might seek you and bring you back because the one who was harassing you is gone. Mm. Good name is always better than riches. So I will encourage people who are who don't have God in their hearts, but they want to work in a place to always be submissive. But let me tell you one good thing about being submissive. If you train yourself that way, it doesn't mean you're a fool. No, you are not. Every place, there must be order. And therefore, <laughs> you have to make sure that you submit to authority and, and begin to follow order. It helps in other areas of lives, our lives. For example, if you learn that self-control under somebody who would have no respect but is always condescending on you, it's more likely that you will learn humility to deal with your wife or your husband better at home. All right, you will do, do better in that way. So the best answer for those who are not believers is that they must learn to be humble, to be able to uh, receive the negative criticisms that comes. And mm. it will help them to be stronger and to be better. But if it is stressing them too much, they must seek counseling and maybe relocate. That's what I will say to those who are not believers. But for believers, for believers, you know that your master, your Lord is Jesus. Mm. Jesus teaches us to be humble, no matter what. The mm. scripture says that as much as it depends upon you, live peaceably with all. So you have to see that you have a master who can control the mind of the master. Mm. Find time to pray for him and to love him, not to be angry at him. Pray for him, love him. Even if you feel it is tough, fast on him. I promise you one day he's going to go to have dinner with you and confess all the things that he has done against you. Mm. And then you begin to learn that, wow, you did it for Jesus. So everything that you go through, God's name must be honored. God's name must be glorified. Maybe God puts you there so that through your example, your unbelieving boss who is so harsh will, will, be, will have a change of heart or change of mind. But you have two tools at your disposal. Mm. Uh, at your disposal, one is mm. to pray for him, one is to love him, and then endure. And God will give you the grace to endure. If you come to see that somebody was willing to be thrown into the lion's den, if somebody was willing to uh, trip, Hebrews uh, friends were willing to be thrown into the fire. I don't know what this is that it will make it a big deal because somebody was harsh at you or condescended on you. Ask God's grace 
is never demeaning you, demeaning you. But God, get, pray for God's grace to stand mm. firm and to show the person love. Everything will come together, friends. Mm. Mm. Wow. Thank you so much, uh, Reverend. Uh, th th this was very powerful. Uh, first answer for <laughs> this section. Uh, and to our dear listeners, um, I, I really hope you are making some notes and uh, making some mental and um, physical notes of some of the things that Reverend is uh, sharing with us, that in order for you to turn criticism as an, uh, into an opportunity to help you grow, you must learn to be submissive, you must learn to be self-controlled, you must learn to be humble. I believe this, th these are very powerful and um, I, I, I can't help, but um, as Reverend was talking, I am so grateful to you, Reverend, that you were able to split it out for our believing listeners and our unbelieving listeners. Uh, it presupposes, based on your answer, that as a believer, these things, the submission, the self-control, the humbleness, actually comes natural. It's not something that the believer has to pursue. And um, I believe in Galatians, it actually talks about the fruits of the Spirit. And all these things are listed there as well. So thank you so much um, for um, uh, that answer. Uh, my next question for you, Reverend, is um, that if criticisms, based on our conversation in part one and even uh, what we have talked about today, um, it, it goes without saying that criticism can help us grow. So if criticism can help us grow, then how do we uh, uh, proactively seek out criticism rather than just waiting for someone to come our way to criticize us? Because if something will help us to grow, I think we should at some point, not always, but at some point, if we're not getting it, we should pursue it. So how do we proactively seek out constructive criticism? If you have been, uh, listen, um, I'll be asking for uh, believers more than the unbelievers. Listen, if you're a believer, you're already proactive. Why do I say that? I'm not talking about churchgoers. Mm. Not all mm. churchgoers are believers. I'm talking about those who have surrendered their life to Jesus, who have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior that every day they live to glorify him, they live to honor his name. They are the mm. people I'm talking uh, about. So if you truly love Jesus and you have surrendered to him, there are certain things you do all the time. Mm. First of mm. all, you have to get up in the morning and spend a little time with God. Mm. All right? What you do is that you read a portion of the scriptures, think about what it means to you, for you, and think about what you think the Holy Spirit is speaking to you from the scripture. Then you talk to God before you leave your house. Mm. Even if you don't have that time to read, meditate, and pray, then what you should do is that at least say a word to him that as I go, Lord, I mark myself with the blood of Jesus. Mm. Go with me mm. wherever I am. Grant me the wisdom 
and strength and protect me and grant me the spirit to discern everything I'm doing and live, all right? But the, during the 24-hour period, there must be a time, a quality time you will spend with God. It should be some 50 minutes, 30 minutes, depending where you read the word of God and then uh, you you dialogue with God in your spirit. God, what are you telling me? What does this mean? Mm. What should I do here? And during the conversation, as you begin to dialogue, 50 minutes can turn into 20, into 30, into 40, maybe an hour where you are there alone with God. One of the reasons why many Christians are suffering and a pale shadow of themselves is that the 24 hours, everybody is busy, but there is no quality time spent alone with God. Listen, if you do that, there are certain things God will put prompts into your spirit. During that time, you learn to listen to God, all right? God develops a way by which he will speak to you. Okay. And it could be that you put something in your spirit. You do it quickly. Or it can come even through visions. It can come through dreams. And then you begin to see that God chooses a path with you. And therefore, based upon that, if it comes in a dream, something happens, you pray that God, what does it mean? And therefore, as you go, you should go with you. If there is any trap set against you, Lord, destroy it. Cancel it with the blood. And so, by the time you go, God already prompted you through a dream or something in your spirit or through a vision. You're already, you know, prepared. But if you are not a believer and you call yourself a believer because you go to church, to me, you belong to the other group of believers. Those ones, then, how are you going to be proactive? You just walk into the fire and you try to save yourself, all right? And then you come and cry a little and then you go and get into the fire again. You see, this world is a spiritual world. People are refusing to admit it. It's not a physical world alone. It is a spiritual world as well as, as a physical world. And therefore, if you understand it to be spiritual, then God asks you to come to him. Mm. And he promises mm. that he will never leave you nor forsake you. Do you know that sometimes we pray for maybe a particular situation that God uh, uh, maybe do this for me only to realize that God knows what you need. He uses that prayer to prevent an accident you're going to go through. Mm. You prayed, never prayed that God, don't let me have an accident, but God saved you from an accident, friends. The truth is this, that the moment that you develop that personal relationship with Jesus, grow in that grace, spend quality time with God. Before you walk out of your house, talk to God. In your car, talk to God. When you get to your workplace, first thing you do is that if somebody even is waiting for you, say, give me a minute, close your door, talk to Jesus, and ask him to 
grant you the wisdom, the discernment, the strength to deal with everything that is coming today. Before you open your door and say, come in, and you already talked to Jesus, don't think that you know everything. You don't. You need God. You know that there are some people who know they don't need God. They have their rituals. They do. All right? They have their rituals. You know, uh, they have different occultic practices. They do. But this helps them temporary. There is nothing greater than the El Shaddai God. I'm telling you. So if you want to be crowded well, you need God. And God is always inviting us to come to him. Wherever you are, God invites you so that he can make things better for you. So, friends, what are you waiting for? Mm. Mm. Thank you so much uh, for that answer. Um, that certainly is deep. Um, I, I want to um, ask this question, though. So... I, I, I believe that there is no argument about being grounded in our, our belief in God. How does the person who doesn't believe in God build submission, self-control, and humility? The short answer is that you have to learn it. <laughs> you have to learn it because uh, and with some... Uh, it, learning is not, it will not be easy because they feel that nobody should work on, on them, all right? And so it will, it will not be easy. You have to tell yourself that. Unfortunately, you may be surrounded by friends who will give you all the negative direction. Hey, don't listen to that guy. When you go, punch him. <laughs> uh, if that will be the, rest, uh, the right answer, you can get into friends who will give you such a bad, bad, bad advice. Okay, that will not be right. But the truth of the matter is that always come to learn that even the scripture tells us that all authority is instituted by God. Right? Mm -hmm. So if you are walking in the street, nobody can come and tell you what you should do. Except that if you are violating the public rules or doing something that is not right, then you can get a policeman coming to straighten it up with you. Mm. If you are mm. in your home, then you are free. But if you are going to be anywhere, you can't go to a store and do say that it's a public place, so I want to do what you like. You start picking things and throwing around or begin to fight in the store. Somebody will come and tell you, please, we don't do it here. Now you call the police in and you'll be in police hands. There is always order. So wherever you are, if you are going to be under somebody, you have to learn the rules. Okay. If you know that you are somebody who is so egoistic, your ego comes big. Okay, then you have to tell yourself, tell go and stand in the mirror and tell yourself, come down. Else we lose the fight or we lose our lives. Ego, mm. come down. Tell him, come down. Say several times. Maybe your system will believe it and begin to see how best you can humble yourself to learn. That one you have to learn. But if you don't have Christ, you have a 
big problem. It is like pushing a car uphill. You are dealing with an obstacle because you think that you have the wisdom and the strength to deal with things in the world. But listen, the world is not just physical that you see. Unless you start believing in it and start doing what it is to give you strength, you will be fighting like pushing a car uphill. Are you wow. able to push a car uphill or downhill? Yeah. Uh, if you have Christ, it's like pushing a car downhill. All right. Thank you so much, Reverend. And, uh, you know, I, I, I have made mention here, and I believe we've talked about it in some of our previous episodes, that um, nobody was created to live in an island. Um, as long as we are in this world, we, uh, we are made to coexist in society, in communities, in families. And so um, I believe as uh, Reverend was talking, some of the things I was thinking about is um, for you to be able to coexist with um, humanity, for you to be able to coexist in um, a society or community, um, there are rules and regulations. And having that knowledge will certainly help you be able to develop the concept or the idea of submission. Because if you, if you are not an island, if you don't exist, or if you are not all enough by yourself, then you will need people in, uh, to help or to guide or to say certain things. And that's why we have rules and regulations. And so our knowledge of what our regulations and our environment are certainly can help us be able to talk to ourselves and uh, be able to humble ourselves, control ourselves, and submit ourselves. Um, as we continue um, our, our session today, Reverend, I, I want to ask you this uh, question because um, it, it's an interesting thing that happens um, that sometimes you will have two um, conflicting feedback from different people. And so when you are receiving two conflicting feedbacks, how do you approach that situation? Um, let's say uh, uh, two people from your workplace uh, come and both criticize the work you are doing, but they have very different opinions or very different feedback for you. They both negative or they both geared to helping you grow in a way, but the source is different and the feedback is different. How do you approach that? Wow, what an interesting question. <laughs> you see, I go back to the same answer. All right. Uh, when it did happen that, you know, um, the Bukadnezer had a dream and then uh, he asked the, the, the wise men, the magicians, etc., to actually uh, say the dream and interpret it. Guess what happened? They couldn't. You are all going to die. But when Daniel came in, right, uh, he literally went to God ask God for the dream and ask for the interpretation. Mm. Always God 
is the one who knows everything. And so if two different sources confuse you, what do you do? Yeah, both of them, they are helping you to grow. That's what I see. If you are a believer, if you are not, you might perhaps think of them as enemy. All right. By the way, I always believe that as a believer, nobody's, no human being is your enemy. The devil is. So don't perceive any individual as your enemy. But whatever situation they are in, just pray for them and see them as somebody that God has placed you in their lives to help them change their attitude. So however negative these two different sources come out, come at you, just go back to God and pray. Um, pray until God begin to put some thoughts in your spirit, right? Because what are you going to do? And then after you pray, begin to look at the information, begin to assess, evaluate, and begin to see what are facts, what, what are not facts. Okay. Yeah, based upon your own judgment, you might see that these are facts because of some things that are evident. You may also see that some are not facts based upon the fact that you don't see anything pointing to. What you should do, though, is that what is in the two negative reports that you yourself feel that uh, you can do better by uh, taking lessons from. For example, if there are, let, there are negative things that uh, you know bringing you down, you want to be a positive influence. So, what do you change about your yourself and you know what to do? Sometimes, no matter what you do, it will be seen negative. Okay, no matter what you do, but as as much as you are trying to make sure that you are doing the right thing, leave the rest in God's hands, right? Because sometimes it can happen that the person's intent is to get you rid of you or the person's intent to bring you down and maybe let you lose the job. Let me tell you, if you are praying and seeking God's face, when the, that door closes, God will open another one for you that will be better. The most important thing is that seek God's face first in all these things. Don't neglect prayer because very often many people stop praying. That's where they get confused. That where, that's where they get stuck. Work with God all along the way. You know, I've seen that in our era, God is treated like imaginary. God is not real as you talk, you are real. Okay, it's an imaginary, maybe, maybe. No, deal with God as a person in your life. The Holy Spirit is a person in your life to help you, to guide you, to instruct you, 
of, to, to do everything, to do the heavy lifting in your life. So if genuinely you are doing the right thing and somebody is using the negativity to, and you try your best to do the best, and still the door closes, God will open a new door better than the first one for you. I can assure you that God mm. is still alive. So do your best in the situation, but believe me, trust God to guide you in the process. When the two are different, they are all harsh, they are coming after you, God is your Lord and Savior. He will never leave you dry. Okay. Mm. Thank you so much, Reverend. Um, as we wrap up our conversation today, I think this has been very insightful for us. Um, but I want to ask a twofold question, Reverend, um, as we wrap up. And uh, the twofold question uh, really comes in the form of um, the background or the foundation for, from which we come from. Um, in other words, how do our cultural or educational or religious backgrounds factor into our ability to receive criticism and also our ability to give constructive criticism? How do our background factor in here? All right. Uh, if you want me to give a straight answer, anybody coming from Africa or Ghana always is already a done deal. You grow up learning to respect your seniors. You grow up le learning to respect your elders. And so it's not something that you, you force yourself to, to get it out. In the culture here in the United States especially, you know, how do you tell your, call your dad John? You know, <laughs> you can't call your dad John anywhere in Africa. Is your dad, right? Mm. Is your is your papa? Oh, we Ghana we call it papa, right? Is your papa or papa, right? You can ask, think that he should buy food for you to eat and go to the kitchen to wash the dish, and you are competing with with him. And then when it's time for you to go to school, then he has to put money into your pocket. It will never happen anywhere in Africa. But here they feel that they're teaching freedom and therefore it should be done. No. God mm. respect deserves the best respect. So for us, it's something that is a second nature to us. All right? Mm. Yes. And so a culture has something to do. Listen, me, for example, I, I can work anywhere under any circumstances, under any situation, I can even have to a 20-year-old as my boss and I will not have a problem. Yeah, mm. I will not have, because the thing is that he is the one in charge. So I have to respect mm. him, mm. right? You and But yeah, it's different. So I don't have a problem. And I know many people from Africa, coming from Africa and Ghana will not have a problem respecting they are seniors. You know that in, in Ghana, the seniors are always right. Even if they are wrong, you don't <laughs> challenge them. When they say you are wrong, you have to accept it. And so it is, it is a great, great, great influence on many of us. Mm. 
But the second part of your question, I, uh, I'm not sure though whether because we our background helps us to uh, be to respect seniors means that our uh, our criticism will be constructive. That's why I'm not sure, right? But whatever be the case, that will always depend upon individuals. That's what I see mm -hmm. to be constructive, because I've seen situations where people grow wings. And even though they respect their seniors from Africa, where they grow wings and now begin to become something else, right? And so I do believe that that's one, my best answer would be that constructive criticism depends upon the individual and his nature. That's all. Yeah, I mean, I, I really do uh, think uh, uh, that that is certainly uh, true. Um, but I, 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 may I suggest that it actually does impact our ability to receive it too. Yes, I know for people from cultures, um, those of us from Africa and uh, places like that, where we are raised with that um, hierarchy mindset, that even if a, a person younger than you is your boss, you already have that naturally yeah. ingrained in your brain that that is my boss. So their age really doesn't come into play. Oh, uh, in the same way, I think that um, even in the Western part, that our ability to realize hierarchy and to um, realize that, that you don't just come up to be a supervisor or a, a boss or a manager that people have to go through certain trainings to get to that point mm -hmm. and so i believe that if we are able to um kind of internalize that even in the western part of the world that will certainly help us to be able to um receive criticism that comes from them and then on the flip side too i believe that depending on us, our backgrounds, so your educational background or your religious background, should or does impact your ability to give contractive criticism in the sense that if I know that everyone below me have to be treated with respect, yeah. then when I am giving criticism to them, I will come with, it's easier for me to come with love and yes. to come with an understanding yeah. um, to be able to give a constructive criticism. So I believe that certainly our education and cultural background also do play a role in there. But yes, absolutely, we do grow wings, unfortunately. And so <laughs> you, you find someone who has no problem dealing with uh, criticism, uh, be, be get to a position of power, and they see everybody as nothing or as yeah. beneath them. And I believe that certainly uh, do push us into uh, trouble. Thank you so much, Reverend, for uh, taking your time to be with us today. I know our time is fast spent, but um, we will certainly not end our section without giving you a few minutes to kind of um, uh, summarize uh, the one or two things that you really want our listeners this week to pick from our conversation on handling criticism. Well, uh, whatever I said, you heard it. 
But I will say this, that um, like I said in my first video, criticism is always going to happen, whether you like it or you don't like it. If you don't like it, then leave this world, all right? <laughs> like I earlier told you that Jesus himself was criticized, and he also criticized. I, and I remember one time he said, listen, you listen to the, listen to the Pharisees, listen to them, because they sit at Moses' seat, meaning that everything they tell you is right. But don't follow the example. Yeah. This is yeah. the center of, yes, a, a true criticism. What they say is correct. But what they do, don't take a cue from the example. I also want to add what James 1.19 says, that be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Mm. So everything that we have said is structured in that, which means that if you want to actually give a constructive criticism it starts with God in your heart sometimes your cultural background can help you but if your cultural background respects seniors if you add God to it it becomes a powerful moment mm. if you approach life like that you will not uh, uh, give criticism to people to destroy them. You give to help them grow. Wow. And understand that this world is governed by rules. Okay. There should be order in every place. And you cannot certainly uh, begin to uh, turn everything upside down that no, the person in authority the way he did it, you didn't like it, and so you're going to fight back or do anything you want to, that will mean anarchy. As long as there is power and authority, uh, we all have to surrender to the senior and those who are in authority. Therefore, you understand that as long as you are the subordinate, humble yourself to learn, and then learn the rules so that you will live by it so you will last. Other than that, it will not help you. Everywhere you go, you leave that place, go to another place, you will leave and it will not help you. You have to learn the rules and live by. But the one who have Jesus has something to support and to help. That's why I invite everyone to surrender their life to Jesus and have Jesus as Lord and Savior because there's a lot in Jesus to help you in this life. Thank you wow. for having me. Wow. Bye -bye. Wow. Thank you so much, Reverend, uh, for joining us today. Uh, dear listener, we are so thankful to God for how far he has brought us. Um, as you may have heard from our conversation over and over again, handling criticism is very challenging. But it is also a very important skill for our personal and our professional growth, as we had talked about. Through our reverence conversations, we have realized that not all feedbacks or criticisms 
are aimed at helping the listener um, or are some of them, in other words, are motivated by ulterior motives. And so being able to handle them, decipher, discern what the criticism is geared at will be able to help you um, not only grow, but become better. Um, we also have talked a lot about the idea or the concept that no matter how challenging criticism is, the skill can be developed if we practice and if we put ourselves in the right perspective or frame of mind. Remember, submission, self-control, humility, and I will add this, self-awareness will certainly help you to be able to handle criticisms and turn them into an opportunity for your growth. See you same time next week as we bring you another life-changing and thought-provoking topic. Again, this has been Hour of Healing, part two of Handling Criticisms. Bye-bye.